On episode 210 of the Jeep Talk Show, we hear Jeep has reason to celebrate with the best year of sales ever. There's a new book out all about mud bogging and the Lake Tahoe OHV area wants to hear more from its users about future improvements. We'll hear from the mind of Dickie G. We'll take a look at what's happening on xgtalk.com and Tammy reviews the Rugged Ridge CB mount for JKs. Cody stops by with a new grand adventure. We'll address cold soft top issues in Wrangler Talk. Troubleshoot high speed vibrations with Tech Talk. Tony talks brake drums, Tammy talks license plate covers, and I talk about Craftsman's latest impact driver all on this episode of the Jeep Talk Show. You're listening to a 4x4 Radio Network Podcast. Are you ready? It's the Jeep Talk Show. With Tammy on Wrangler. Tony and Josh on Cherokee. So sit back. Strap in. And brace yourself. Well, Jeep sales are up once again, but really at this point, who's surprised? USA Today reported earlier this week that Fiat Chrysler's U.S. sales increased for the 69th consecutive month as the company's Jeep brand rocketed among surging demand for sport utility vehicles and crossovers. This is probably due in no small part to the ratcheted up incentives, rebates, and sales that they've been putting out for the last several months. The automaker's sales rose 13% in December compared with a year earlier. Full-year sales for FCA rose 7% to 1.74 million units, capping what could be the biggest year ever for Jeep. Sales ballooned 42% in December in the brand's biggest month ever. From all of us here at the Jeep Talk Show, we'd like to congratulate Jeep on this historic achievement. Congratulations, guys. Good job. New book released this week detailing Swamp Buggy Racing. Turning the buttery, muddy water at the Florida Sports Park, the Swamp Buggy Races keep Florida's frontier heritage alive. A bastard child to NASCAR, these custom buggies, part boat and part dragster, tear through a course with terrain that resembles more like the, the center of the, the lake in uh, the Daytona International Speedway than the track surrounding it. The Jeep class is designed to slog through the water with the driver's head just barely above the water, and the pro-modified class is built exclusively for speed as they hit 75 miles per hour and are dwarfed by their own four-foot-tall wheels. You thought your 37s were big. Fans pile meat in baking pans and cans of Budweiser in boxes and stack themselves up in bleachers, truck beds, and on top of homemade platforms to cheer for the swamp buggy queen and pray for the driver's quick recoveries when the track proves too treacherous. This book outlines the ins, the outs, and the muddy-gritty goings-on of this interesting off-road sport. Have you ever wheeled in the Lake Tahoe OHV area? you have, you want to pay attention. The summer of 2015 almost seems like the distant past, but after receiving suggestions from OHV users over the summer, the fall, and even now still, the Forest Service in Lake Tahoe began a dialogue with local agencies interested in group interest groups and individuals about the quality of the OHV experiences there and how to maintain the OHV trails within the Tahoe Basin, improving OHV signage, Parking for trailers and getting the OHV community involved in the planning, management, and maintenance of trails were top priority identified as a result of the dialogue. As a result of these discussions, the Forest Service and group leaders representing the Blue Ribbon Coalition, California Off-Road Vehicle Association, California Drive Association, and local OHV clubs came together, like Voltron, to identify the opportunities for a broader <laughs> OHV collaboration to improve those user experiences. Through primary dialogue, this group identified a need to widen the conversation with OHV enthusiasts and other key stakeholders as is interested in hearing and also is interested in hearing your guys' thoughts about the OHV programs in Lake Tahoe. The OHV groups in partnership with the Forest Service are coming 
uh, are coming to you, the users, the enthusiasts, volunteers, and all of the experts. At this point, the groups are not asking for the Forest Service to expand or close the current designated trail system uh, and the roads that are open to OHVs, nor is there any particular project in mind. Rather, the groups are looking for more specific ideas on how to improve the quality of the existing OHV opportunities, protect the resources, improve signing, and develop a maintenance and structure system in order to create a more sustainable network of motorized trails. To help assist in this effort, they've created an email address uh, that you guys need to be sending messages to. Uh, in case uh, you guys didn't bring a number two pencil, here is the comment or the link, which we will also be putting in the show notes. Comments-PacificSouthwest-LTBMU at FS.FED.US. Yeah, that's a mouthful. Trust me. So we're going to post, post that up there for you guys to uh, copy and paste into your email. Uh, please use the subject LTBMUOHV input in your message. They will always be accepting your ideas and suggestions uh, but it would be most helpful if your feedback is received by January 15th to be included in the discussions during the proposed open house happening later this month. The groups in the agency hope that your feedback will be detailed and will include specific locations. And again, the groups, by creating this forum with support for the, uh, from the Forest Service, hope this effort will generate some great ideas that the Forest Service and the OHV community can work on together to improve the OHV experience in the Lake Tahoe Basin. That's what I like to see, guys, is multiple groups and multiple interest groups coming together for one OHV cause. This is awesome, and I can't wait to see uh, what this is going to create in the next couple of years. Big thanks to all of you guys out there who help us out each and every week by sending stories to This Week in Jeep. If you guys have a response to any one of our stories, or you think uh, you have something that, we sh- you, that you think we should be uh, talking about, by all means, send us a call, or send us an email to info at jeeptalkshow.com. Um, question for you, Josh. By all means. What kind of pencil was that again? That was number a number two, two pencil. Number two, lead pencil. Number two, lead pencil. Sharpened. Not stirred. <laughs> You're listening to Jeep Talk Show, the number one Jeep podcast. At my mom's house. XJTalk.com is where you go when you're not off-road. And now you can go to XJTalk.com when you're off-road too. Using your smartphone, install the Tap-A-Talk app, then search for XJ Talk. Take XJ Talk with you wherever you go. Jury duty, dinner with your spouse's parents, even, well, anywhere you need your XJ Talk fix. We welcome and look forward to your questions and comments. Dial 530-675-4102 and leave your message on our 24 by 7 voicemail. Uh, you know, I was having some problems with my zipper yesterday and coming <gasps> up in just a few minutes on Wrangler Talk, I'll share my story. <laughs> well, isn't that special? So uh, this want to mention to you guys, we've been forgetting to do this. All the hard work that I did to, to make this thing happen, then we forget to tell you, although Josh has, I think, jump, been jumping in at the end letting you know. We now allow people to go straight to jeeptalkshow.com with their smartphone, and you can play things, you know, the shows and any uh, additional YouTube videos that we put up there, you can play it straight on your phone. So basically what I'm telling you is, is that, uh, the uh, the website will reformat itself, much like Volt- Voltron, uh, to your fit your phone's screen. <laughs> Another Voltron re- reference. Uh, and pretty soon we're going to be talking about Bing Crosby and Bob Hope. So, uh, <laughs> but anyway, 
uh, it uh, formats to your, your smartphone screen so you can play it straight from there. Now, keep in mind, uh, data rates do apply. I don't know exactly what that means, but they say it on commercials all the time. So, But seriously, if you've got Wi-Fi available at work or at home, that would be a perfect place to uh, stream the show straight to your ears, straight to your brain. Uh, so anyway, we hope you enjoy that, and hopefully that makes it even more convenient for you to listen to the podcast. Oh, and it makes it a lot easier. Yes, thank you. It makes it a lot easier for you to explain how to your friends how to listen to a podcast. Just give them the website and press the stinking play button. <laughs> oh, it couldn't be any more easier than that. Easy peasy. You know, only way it could be easier is if we traveled to each individual's home and pressed the play button for them. It'd be expensive. I wonder if there'd be snacks. <laughs> Better be cheese. Speaking of snacks, no, this is, this is no, no kind of segue. The 4x4 Radio Network. The 4x4 Radio Network is a conglomeration, uh, much like the parts that make up Voltron, and brings you, <laughs> and brings you great off-road uh, commentary, information, interviews uh, from four podcasts. And, well, you know, I've been listening, and the other, the other shows in the 4x4 Radio Network are talking about a couple of more podcasts. Uh, new shows coming on board so i'll just tell you it looks like we're we're looking at a new nissan based podcast and a new toyota based podcast now it's not in writing yet but we're wooing them and hopefully uh, the four shows on the four by four radio network will be six so just go over to four by four radio network.com that's four x four radio network.com and keep up with all the great shows jeep talk show the four by four podcast Center Steer, which is Land Rovers, and Muddy Microphones, ATVs, and, well, maybe a couple more coming soon. You just have to keep your eyes open and see, or keep your ears open and see what you, what you hear. You know, we love hearing from you all, so be sure to call our voicemail at 530-675-4102, or you can jump over to the website, website, <laughs> jeeptalkshow.com, and leave us a message. All you have to do is click the send questions button on the side of the screen. And, you know, tonight we'll, we have several to share with you. Oh, sorry. No, we don't. <laughs> Oops. I guess I need to read the show notes before I read my part. Well, that, that takes away all the spontaneity. Yes. <laughs> Where would the fun in that be? Yeah, we didn't get any uh, any voicemails. I guess everybody's kind of hung was over. Busy with the holidays. Busy with the holidays. Kind of hung over from. Yeah. The, I was uh, hoping we were going to get at least one drunken New Year's. Call. Never get any I drunk thought calls. That been fun. We never get any drunken calls. Not even from Tammy when she's off. So remember, uh, people, that's that's a twenty four seven voicemail line, meaning nobody is ever going to mm -mm. answer that. It's basically just some robot that Tony's locked up in his walls uh, that has a phone attached to it or something like that. I have no idea how it works. Uh, all we know is that there's no person attached to it, so you guys can get all kinds of freaky deaky with it if you really wanted to. Yeah, it's true. So, uh, just you know, speaking of locking up in walls, that's the the Count of Monte Cristo, isn't it? That got locked up in a wall. Uh, something along those lines. I I uh, didn't turn in one book report through school, so I can't tell you. The thing that confuses me is how did the the a guy that got locked up behind a bricked in behind a wall 
uh, have a sandwich named after him. I mean, what's the correlation between the sandwich Ooh. and the, uh, anyway, I, I, I digress. So I was thinking Josh, the same thing. So Josh <laughs> got me thinking about food. <laughs> so Josh, do we have something to tell them about our YouTube channel? <laughs> we sure do guys. There's yeah, all kinds of stuff getting added to our YouTube channel all the time. So you guys can check that out and we encourage you guys to spread the word about it. And of course, subscribe if you haven't already. Uh, we definitely need those subscriptions, people. So head over to youtube.com slash Jeep Talk Show and make sure you throw that link around in your social media and get some other people uh, uh, to subscribe as well. You guys can find all sorts of content there from uh, interesting dash cam footage, some wheeling videos, and of course, uh, some show archive stuff as well. So once again, guys, youtube.com slash Jeep Talk Show. Make sure you get that subscription in right away. Oh, and speaking of explicit ratings, here's another reason why we need an explicit rating. Uh, Cody from uh, oh. <laughs> The Grand Adventure. <laughs> Wasn't there a lot of beeps the last time? Yeah, there was. And, and, and thank God he put them all in. So uh, I'll, uh, I'll just mention uh, he did send us a, a, a direct message on Twitter today thanking us for uh, the, uh, the happy birthday wish and the additional uh, birthday song uh, from last week. He was uh, blown away by that. thought it was great. And uh, just thought I'd let you guys know that uh, he heard it and he was very happy. Let's see if that translates into this Grand Adventure, uh, <laughs> Grand Adventure episode. <laughs> so here's Cody, Grand Adventure uh, episode 11. And he says, fixed it, but I'm not sure what he's fixed. It, it, there might be a burning hulk somewhere. Hey guys, it's Cody with TrailChasers.net with another Grand Adventure. The last time I talked to you guys, I was telling you about the trouble I was having with the WJ. I had a shorted fuse on the... Uh, O2 sensor. I think I kept saying CO2 sensor, and that's a holdover from my oh, day job. Uh, I deal with a lot of sense. indoor air quality and CO2 uh, was popping into my head. I'm, some of you may not have caught it, but those of you that did, I'm sorry about the brain fart. So the O2 sensor on the WJ was the one that was blowing, and that's a shared circuit with the solenoid that operates the awesome hydraulic fan for the uh, for the radiator. So as promised, I fixed it. Um, wasn't that big a deal? I get the feeling that there uh, was a perception that maybe my comments last last week, last time, were directed towards one of the hosts of the Jeep Talk Show and his particular issues with he overheating of the vehicle. And I assure you, I did not even think of that when I was having that conversation. Um, but to Tony's defense, my issue was way easier to fix. So as I said, it was a blown fuse in the fuse block, and I did some simple uh, tests with my Fluke multimeter to figure out what was going on. And I'm no electromagician by any means, but I know how to use a meter. And for those of you that have an uh, issue with blown fuses, uh, there's a pretty simple way to check it. You can take your, your multimeter, put the red probe on the positive side of the battery, and then put the black probe into the fuse block where the blown fuse is. You should have no voltage. You should not have any reading at all because theoretically the, the positive on the battery should be the exact same circuit that's powering up that fuse panel, I mean that, that specific fuse, and there should be no reading. If you have a reading, there's a problem. Uh, the second way is to take the black probe, put it on the negative side of the battery, and you should only have 12 volt DC on one of those legs. One of the probe legs for the um, fuse that comes in is powered. The other one should not have power. If you've got power on both, there's a problem. And then a third easy way is to test for continuity to ground. So take, uh, turn your multimeter to the continuity test. Um, on a lot of the fuke, flukes, it's um, when you turn the dial and you touch the two leads together, it'll beep. 
So that tells you that you're touching the same piece of wire. So you take, set your continuity meter, put it to a, a good solid chassis ground, and then touch both of the blade, both of the spot sockets inside the fuse and see if you have continuity. If you have continuity to ground anywhere in that fuse block, there's a short. And that's what I had. I had a shorted um, wire someplace. And I had a hard time finding a good schematic for that particular circuit. Even the Haynes manual didn't have a good one. All I was able to see was that it had four O2 sensors and that solenoid on that circuit. So I crawled under the Jeep and I found the first three O2 sensors pretty easy. They're all on the exhaust. I unplugged those, tested it, still had the bad, the, the uh, short to ground. I took the mud skirt, the mud flap thing that sits under the engine. I had to pull that off, which I was surprised it was still intact on a 14-year-old vehicle. Pulled that off and found the fourth uh, O2 sensor, disconnected that, tested the, the fuse block, still had the short. And the reason I did it that way was I wanted to verify that those O2 sensors weren't failed, that they're, they're not where the, the cause was. So with all the O2 sensors disconnected, I still had the short, which meant it was in the wiring. And I just went one by one and started looking at the wiring loom that went to the O2 sensor. And when I got to the fourth O2 sensor, the one that was up closest to the engine block, I found that the plastic protective sheath that is usually on your wire loom stopped about two inches short of where the actual plug was. And then that, that section of wire that was exposed was resting on the bracket that holds the motor mount. Now, this could have happened when the engine was rebuilt, but it looked like it was routed pretty factory. I don't know how else they could have done it. But what happened is that that bare wire or not bare, the insulated wire was rubbing up against the edge of the bracket for the motor mount and eventually wore through the um, the insulation and arced directly to the wire, the copper wire inside. And once, once I pulled it back, you could see where the wire was arced. So I repaired that wire, taped it all back up, tested my fuse block again. I had no, no more short, plugged in all four of my sensors, tested the fuse block again, had no more short, put in the fuse, started the Jeep up and golden. So my, my check engine light uh, is gone. Uh, the uh, radiator fan is working correctly with that awesome power steering fluid going through it. Um, and, and overall, it wasn't that bad of a fix. Um, it could have been a lot worse. But at the end of the day, it, it's just one of those maintenance items that that gets you and you really don't figure it out until you were on the, at least I didn't figure it out until I was on the trail. Fortunately, I got it fixed and um, I am heading out on January 2nd to Rego Springs, Ocotillo Wells area, Truck Haven out in the Southern California desert. I'll be out there for the day on Saturday, January 2nd with a bunch of people. If you guys happen to be in Southern California in the area, come find us. And um, and for those of you that are catching this after the new year, I hope your new year was good. Uh, I wish you a happy 2016 with a lot of wheeling and a lot of fun. Thanks for the time, guys, and I will talk to you later. Well, thanks, Cody. Uh, I thought I'd mention something real quick. Uh, I have a little few things going on here in the background. Maybe I didn't hear it correctly, but uh, I was a little concerned that you were talking about where you put the probe on the fuse to check to see if uh, there's continuity uh, between the battery and the fuse. I think it depends on what side of the fuse you are putting the probe because the, the fuse that is towards the battery or, or connected straight to the battery, you will have a uh, voltage showing there. If you go to the opposite side and the fuse is blown, then you won't. Yeah, and there's, there was a comment in there about, uh, you know, you shouldn't see ground in your fuse block. 
to a certain extent, yes. To a certain extent, no. I mean, you get in there with a logic probe, and you're going to see ground on any circuit that uh, that is uh, switched by the ignition or has a relay on it. Uh, when those relays close, or you know, depending on on their default position, uh, they they could you know uh, whether they're normally open, they could uh, uh, you know close to uh, to ground it. You know, when uh, when there's no uh, there's no uh, juice on that circuit or something. In any case, you know, there's. Multimeters are great. I, I almost always prefer a test light um, to a multimeter when I'm testing for fuses. Uh, and I almost always will recommend that you guys use a logic probe uh, because a standard test light can blow an airbag circuit if you probe the wrong circuit with it. Because <laughs> uh, essentially it's just a, a, a light bulb in a, in a circuit. Yeah, so um, logic probes are the way to go. They are relatively inexpensive, not as inexpensive as a test light, uh, but it's the way to go. Um, multimeters are, are safe to use. Uh, they're not for everybody. Not everybody knows how to use them um, or, or read them. Uh, but they will do the exact same thing for you. You just gotta gotta you be can, a little more uh, tricky about. You can what see you're... some. You can see some confusing readings if uh, if you're not familiar with, uh, haven't been using them a lot. And uh, it's pretty funny in the chat room. Uh, they're talking about it being a fluke uh, multimeter. And <laughs> yeah, fluke. If you guys don't know, fluke meters are very nice and they're yes. very expensive. And I guarantee you, a logic probe is going to be cheaper than a fluke multimeter. <laughs> So, also too, there was a little background uh, of uh, something you don't know. Uh, I, I kind of chuckled when Cody said that uh, the the heating issue uh, that he discussed in his last uh, Grand Adventure wasn't necessarily directed uh, towards me, and I'm, I can't help but wonder the uh, the threat that I made to him on uh, uh, on the Twitter, telling him that it's on now. <laughs> Game <laughs> may on, have, right? May, may have had something to do with that. Now I'll tell you that Cody said. Uh, understood, ready to go. <laughs> so, <laughs> if you guys hear some uh, out of left field uh, digs at Cody, uh, that's why. <laughs> well, you know, um, he's been posting pictures of their trip that he was talking about at the end. Mm -hmm. And I made a comment on one of his pictures. I think it was on Facebook. And I found something new to save for. He invited me to fly out there. And they would take me off-roading anytime. So. Oh, that's great. And uh, I'm going to start a new fund. Yeah. And, Jeep uh, Mama meets the Trail Chasers. Well, you're only about a 16-hour drive from my neck of the well, woods from there. Yeah. <laughs> 16, only 16 hours. <laughs> only 16 hours. You know, do that in one jaunt. <laughs> yeah. But what was cool about his, um, I'm finally starting to comprehend some of the things that you guys are talking about on all this because of the work I'm doing on my Jeep. And when he said motor mount, I'm like, yes, I know what that is. Because when I was <laughs> putting my skid plate on, I had to um, deal with all that. So it's uh, it's finally all, neat to finally understand. It really is. Stuff. It really is very simple, isn't it, Tammy? I mean, when you see it and you can uh, place it in your mind, what, right. what people are talking about. Right. Um, it's nothing of this stuff is is very complex. It's it, but it can be very. Uh, uh, disconcerting or daunting of a task to go, oh God, what the hell is all this stuff that people right. are talking about? And then you see what it is and you go, oh, it was, like you say, yep. easy peasy. Yep. Where do you listen to the Jeep Talk Show? What are you talking about, man? Where do you listen to the Jeep Talk Show? I got no idea what the heck. Where do you listen to the Jeep Talk Show at? Get out of my face, yo. Hey, where do you listen to the Jeep Talk Show at? Underwater. Hey, where do you listen to the Jeep Talk Show at? In the bubble bath. Where do you listen to the Jeep Talk Show at? No clue. 
And where do you listen to the Jeep Talk Show at? Paul Flexen on Stumps. Where do you listen to the Jeep Talk Show at? Hey, where do you listen to the Jeep Talk Show at? Hey, where do you listen to the Jeep Talk Show at? I would assume on the radio. The Jeep Talk Show, available on iTunes and at jeeptalkshow.com. Love that promo. That is so yeah. funny. I, I smile every time I hear it. And, you know, I'd smile a lot more if you guys would call in and let us know where you listen to the Jeeps, uh, the Jeep Talk Show. I can't get it out. I'm so excited. But uh, <laughs> Cody's well, done it. He's he sent us in uh, a nice little uh, a nice little message about that. We'd like to hear from you. Yeah, and a way that you guys can do that is by heading over to JeepTalkShow.com, and you can see the uh, little icon that pops up on the right-hand side of the screen says, Send us a message. Looks like a little microphone in a dialog box. Great way to send us a little message of where you listen to the Jeep Talk Show at. And, uh, and as show season approaches, guys, uh, we've got spring right around the corner. I know we just had Christmas, but I'm already counting the days till spring. Uh, and that means show season. And, uh, and that means getting out and, uh, into, into the Jeep peoples and, uh, and well, uh, getting more audio clips like, like some of those. So uh, looking forward to that stuff. In the meantime, guys, like Tony said, make sure you guys let us know where you're listening to the Jeep Talk Show at. And now something we all look forward to each and every week, hearing from the mind of Nikki G. From the mind of Nikki G. Hey, this is Nikki G. And uh, don't have time to really talk today. I'm What's he doing to that poor dog? To the vet with Sir Craps a lot. That's peanut butter. Uh, apparently one of us has worms. Damn it, dog. Oh. I told you before. I'm... I'm driving, not you. Me, Aww. I drive the Jeep. Jeez, dog's got an identity crisis. All right, guys, I'll uh, guy. catch you later. You have a good one. Bye. Dog thinks the same thing about Nikki G. Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> you eat this damn pill and baloney. Oh, gee. All right, there we go. Let's see what happens next. Hey, this is Nikki G. And I just want to say no animals were harmed in that last <laughs> call. Thank you. And, uh, Sir Craps a lot does have worms, which they wormed. And uh, I've got a wicked case of the ear mites. Other than that, everything's okay. I don't have anything Jeep-related to say this week, but I will uh, give a little segment I like to call Fun at the Grocery Store. (laughs) Next time you're at the grocery store and you're checking out, uh, ask the cashier if uh, you bought the right amount of toilet paper for the amount of food you have purchased. You'll get a funny look. (laughs) <laughs> all right guys i'll chat you later you have a good one bye <laughs> he's on fire for 2016 <laughs> yeah. and one more hey this is Nikki g and uh i just started listening to the podcast and i got Uh-oh. right to the point where you played my voicemails and ooh wee man did i tank i, I <laughs> feel like i owe everybody an apology <laughs> uh, what can i say they sounded funnier when I said them to myself. <laughs> they were funnier in my head. And I'm still laughing over them. And uh, I did get to the part where a guy from uh, DLA, D-Link, adapt, Lift Adapter, uh, called in and is putting Josh to task to find a new use for it. Uh, let me <laughs> save you guys all the trouble. He's going to use it Here as a go. cereal bowl. <laughs> all right, guys. I'll uh, chat you later. You have a good one. Bye. Uh, was not go- that did not go the direction I thought it was going to go. <laughs> yeah. No, I've got all sorts of ideas uh, that I'm going to be doing with that. Should have some fun. This has been From the Mind of Nikki G.
Well, this is something we haven't had in a while, isn't it, Tammy? Yeah, it's been at least two weeks. Well, let's not uh, delay any longer. Let's get over to Wrangler Talk with uh, Jeep Mama. And I'll just state this because she's been forgetting. You can go over to her uh, forum. No, I just did that on purpose. You can go over to her blog at jeepmama.com, M-O-M-M-A.com. Shut up and listen. Shut up. Shut up. So shut up. You don't shut up. Shut up, Shane. Shut up and listen. It's time for Wrangler Talk. It's time for G-Mama. Okay, so yesterday I finally decided I better put my soft top back on. Um, Actually, my windows. And I had a little issue because the temperatures are below freezing. And it working my zipper of my Jeep windows, by the way, um, is a little hard when it's cold out. First of all, your fingers get really cold and the zipper is really hard to put on. Um, so I, you know, had to go in and out and in and out of the house to warm my hands up. So just, um, I'm going to do some soft top maintenance and some soft top tips tonight. But my first tip that I learned yesterday was do not wait before it gets too cold to put your windows back on your soft top because it becomes really difficult because your soft top, like in the summer, it expands a little bit from the heat, but in the winter, everything like must shrink up. So it was really difficult for me to put it on. But I will say my zipper pulls, my paracord zipper pulls made it a lot easier than it really could have been. Um, So that's one good thing that you should always have with your soft top. And just a few other things is they also have um, Mopar soft top zipper lube and cleaner, which you should put on your zippers all the time of your windows. That helps keep them um, maintained properly. And a couple of other things just to mention real quick. I know I've mentioned this before on the Um, Wrangler Talk and also my blog, but you just really need to take good care of your soft top. And every three months or so, or depending on how dirty it gets, you should clean it. And I use the best best top clean. Um, They have window cleaner, and then they have the soft top cleaner. And the soft top cleaner, there's two different ones I use, the soft top cleaner and then a protectant that you put on after you clean it. And you really should never take your Jeep, your Wrangler, through a car wash because they have harsh chemicals that damage your soft top. And also the brushes, if they have that, will damage, can damage your soft top. And you should never use Windex or ammonia or alcohol on your vinyl windows. And that's pretty much it. So just something I learned yesterday is put your windows back on your soft top before it gets too cold. Tony, Josh, I know you Good guys don't advice. have those problems. Well, actually, yeah, I, was, I do. Go ahead, Tony. Well, uh, yeah, you do. Your wife's Jeep. Yep. Uh, well, as Your soon wife as you, has those problems. Yep. As, well, no, I do because but I'm the one. you won't have those problems because it won't get below 32 there. Well, no, I knew exactly what you're talking about because it doesn't have to be for, below freezing for it. To, it just has to be cold enough to shrink that, uh, that material. Right. And it does make it difficult to get on. Heat expands, cold contracts. Just remember that, right. guys. So if you got a shop top, uh, shop top, a soft top that's been in storage uh, for well the better part of the fall and half the winter, well, it might be a good time to bring it indoors. Crank the thermostat up a little bit, make the wife happy, and uh, get uncomfortable. <laughs> throw your shorts and a, and a tank top on. Bring the house up to temp a little bit, and uh, and get those uh, soft top panels inside 
for a couple few hours. Let them come up to temperature, and I guarantee you they're going to be a lot easier to work with yeah. than uh, than the, you know if they had just been sitting in the uh, in the garage or on the side of your house or yeah. out in the shop. I was going to recommend uh, putting it out in the sun if you had any sun that day, Tammy. You may not have uh, even uh, no, uh, was- you know a black top. Uh, even in, uh, below freezing temperatures. Now, well, it was, I'm, I'm saying, you know, 32 degrees, if it's like where Dan is up in Alaska and, and right, negative yeah. b- 5 billion, then no, of course, it's not going to make a difference. But in most places, you can just put out the sun and the black top will absorb that heat and then it'll uh, allow you to stretch it easier. Well, it wasn't yeah, just necessarily the windows itself. It was also the top oh, sure. that the was thing. on the Jeep as well, too. Yeah. So, you know, I mean, I got it eventually. Um, but it was just a pain in the butt. Yeah, you got to fight it. And, and when it's cold and stuff like that, you really need, well, I mean, you don't need, you can but break it really something. helps if you have another person there that can kind of help shimmy corners right. and, and, uh, and kind of, you know, help get those uh, flaps over into the, into the lock channels a little bit easier. I suppose you could use a, a heat gun very carefully to heat it I up. I was going to say a hair dryer over a heat gun because right. it would be way too easy with a heat gun to uh, to do some damage to the windows or Well, or I wouldn't do it else. to the windows at all. I mean, you're going to you could discolor those uh, very quickly. But uh, the, I think the the plastic on the windows uh, my feeling is is that that really doesn't stretch and shrink very much. Uh, not it's, it's as the, much the as, the, as the the fibrous material, you know, the the cloth like material around the, it. the top yeah. itself. Yeah, yeah. and that's so where I would those use woven fibers that that shrink and collapse and expand. And yeah, stuff. and that's where I would use uh, the. Uh, uh, and it really depends on the temperature. I think whether you use a, a blow dryer or a heat gun, um, because mm-hmm. uh, uh, and just you know keep it moving. I haven't had to do that, but I'm down here in the the deep south, so. Right. Um, and I think I would have just left them off because the. The, well, heat, you would, the, heater in the, the heater in the Jeep is phenomenal, and it keeps me well, really warm. Well, they fixed warm that, the didn't they? You got cup I, I holders guess, and a good heater. Yeah. I guess I'm just but, a wussy. I mean, I, we don't the, have as severe winters here in the Northwest as right. Tammy's got over there. Uh, but, man, anything below, like, 50? I'm throwing the top uh, back on. <laughs> no, I've been driving. I was driving with the top down for, my God, it was in the 40s and 30s, but... I have to worry about my kids in the back seat because there's actually no vents. They're purple lips. <laughs> I, I know they're freezing. Ears are falling off. I know. I kept so asking them. Really, the only reason I put the. I, th- I think I could have survived. With the I kept stuck. asking them if they were okay, and they never said I, no, or they said didn't, they didn't say yes, say didn't say no. They thought they were okay. Here they were okay. There's so. an ice pick on the glove compartment. <laughs> and I do carry blankets in the jeep. Oh, uh, well, of course. It's not actually not a bad idea any place uh, where the uh, the winter weather could uh, actually kill you uh, right. to have some you know what? Uh, protection. Somebody um, commented on my Facebook page, I think it was, because I have my purple spider shade, mm-hmm. um, spider web shade, you can put the soft top o- right over that. So it just stays uh, there. And he stores blankets in between oh, yeah, great the idea. spider web shade and the oh, soft top. Handy. Now, that, Tammy, is, that is a great tip right there. Tammy, why didn't you get the the one that you could use as a makeshift hammock? That picture that I sent you? Oh. <laughs> yeah, I you know, I don't know. I didn't was, know anything that about that. There was Yeah, I've uh, seen those before. Josh, you probably didn't see it since you don't do the social media thing, but I, I uh, poked a little fun at Tammy on Twitter. Uh, I found a picture of uh, the, the little, uh, and the purple thing that Tammy's talking about, it's, it's a, list, a mesh cover that goes over the, uh, passenger and driver's uh, compartment side, so it kind of gives you a protection, a little protection from the sun, and but right. still you and still you can, can still see be- through and get that open air feel. Uh, it might even uh, help distract some of the birds from uh, targeting you. 
Uh, but uh, I saw a, a thing on Tumblr where they had the same type of deal, but people were using it as a hammock. So they were actually uh, laying on top of that mesh and relaxing on top of their Jeep. So I sent that to Tammy and says, can yours do this? <laughs> and I made a little sad face. <laughs> and she said, no. <laughs> so uh, I didn't know. I thought maybe they all did that, but I, I guess it has to be specifically designed for that. Uh, right. No, mine would. My, that wouldn't work on mine. I was kind of half expecting a, uh, a selfie with her uh Split, with a there. with a split one fell, fall had fallen through Thanks, through one Tony. side yeah <laughs> it's all your fault exactly middle it, finger in the other yeah <laughs> yeah it always is <laughs> that would you know that would have been a great promo uh <laughs> picture we need to do that anyway tammy people will forget about this <laughs> you're listening to a four by four by four radio network podcast Well, uh, we do get reviews from time to time, and I'm happy to announce that we did recently get one, and gee, it's a hell of a review, too. Yeah, um, it's from iTunes, I think, and it's Desert Pirate. He writes, a hell of a job, and he gave us five stars. I've been listening every waking moment since I found your show. Great way to go jeeping at work. You know, I, cool. I read that a couple of times and I, I read it walking each time. And I went, well, you know, I don't care if you're walking or, you know, just listen. And then, oh, oh waking. No, that's even Wake better. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> Every waking moment. <laughs> yeah, it was a, that was a great uh, iTunes review. And I bet you guys can beat it. So just go over to iTunes and give us a review any time of the day or night. And, uh, of course, make it five stars. And those comments, people, we will read on the show, whether it's constructive criticism or a nice little pat on the back like mm -hmm. this one. Big thanks out there to Desert Pirate and future thanks to all of our future reviewers. Well, let's talk about XG Talk. Uh, this is something that we uh, we like to uh, throw in here, a little, pl little plug for XGTalk.com. It's a uh, Jeep Cherokee uh, website, and it's the uh, 1984 through 2001 Cherokee that we're talking about, but we do have a KL section. I think I said that right. KL is the new yeah. Cherokee, isn't it? I believe so. And uh, we have other sections like for Grand Cherokee and uh, uh, Wranglers as well. So anyway, uh, I just thought I'd mention we had a recent post that was, uh, um, well, what's happening on xjtalk.com. And, and this is a, a really cool post. The, we had a gentleman, uh, Splatterific. I don't know quite sure where that name came from, but we'll just uh, move up, move along here. He posts, which style tire do you think best suits me? I have a 99 Cherry and new set of shoes. Uh, my new job has me commuting 60 miles a day. I don't get to do the off-roading uh, like I used to, but when it, when it snows, I'm a kid and <laughs> in school <clears throat> Excuse me, and shoot out to play. Can't blame him. Huh? Can't blame him. Oh, yeah, there. yeah. Uh, so trying to figure out uh, for it. If for only those reasons, an occasional dirt road, if there's any necessary necessity to get ATs or should I uh, get more of a road tire? Not just not sure what uh, would hate to regret it. Thanks, guys. Oh, I can't believe I missed this post. I got I got advice for him. <laughs> I know you do, but, you know, we're, we're not going to give it. <laughs> I have to remind Josh because I knew yes. he would he want to jump. I just this go one. off for like 30 minutes on advice for this guy. Yeah. 
So uh, the first reply that uh, he received from this post from Abraham, I think either would work decently for what you've described, but I say uh, get a set of ATs. They will last just as long as any road tire you get with fairly comfortable performance on road with much better performance off-road. I'm in pretty much the same boat as you, except no snow. And I got a set of BFG TAKOs planning on getting another KO2s or Duratrax from my girlfriend's TJ in the near future as well. So what's your advice to Splatterific, talking to everybody but Josh? Join the friendly no flaming and uh, <laughs> no, this post is too old uh, from our members and moderators at xgtalk.com. Everyone is welcome, any Jeep and any style. In fact, you don't even have to have your own uh, Jeep. Just come on over there and say uh, what you like to say. It's free to join and we'd love to hear what you have to say. We even have a chat there. So uh, if you're more into the Wrangler scene, try XJ Talk sister site, wranglertalk.com. You know, I see the problem when I'm stumbling through reading those things. I can't see it. I had to move closer to the screen. Oh, boy. Yep. And control and mouse wheel forward. It, it, I don't have oh. one of those chairs. Uh, I actually have to lean forward. Uh, it would be nice to have one of those USB oh, cool. chairs. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> I just controlled and mouse wheeled forward. Oh, okay. I thought <laughs> now I might be able to do this without my glasses on. I was afraid we were going to go down no. the road about my joke about the chair that <laughs> I was going to no. say. Oh no, we talked. I know. Talk something. No. <laughs> <laughs> All righty. Well, there we go. So uh, anyway, uh, join us over at xgtalk.com or wranglertalk.com. We'd love to have you over there. You got tech questions? What do I ever? We have answers. Oh, that's good. Cause I think, I, it's Tech Talk with Jeep Talk. <laughs> Love that. So, question you might have. If you got vibrations, but they only happen when you drive on the freeway, what is it? No, this isn't an off-road riddle. It's actually a common problem that happens to a lot of us Jeep owners, especially after we uh, lift our vehicles. Now, vibrations can and often are generated from a number of different sources. They are numerous. There are numerous sources of vibrations in anything mechanical, from the blender on your counter to the giant paper-making machines and mills. Everything in the world, probably the universe, has a natural frequency at which it resonates. This is called a resonant frequency. Exactly, exactly like uh, the tuning fork in your music teacher, your music teacher may have used, or the uh, wine glass that sings when its rim is rubbed. Behave, Tony. <laughs> the engine in all of our Jeeps are basically pulse-driven. Each time a cylinder fires, there is a building of torque. Resulting torsional vibrations are somewhat, but not completely absorbed by the mass of the flywheel or the fluid effect of the torque converter. Unless the engine has been precisely balanced and blueprinted, there will also be imbalances in, in the engine itself because of minor differences in the weight of each piston. There's also likelihood that the flywheel of the torque converter has at least some minor imbalances as well. But we're talking extremely minor here, and all this stuff is, well, rocket science to a lot of us. But it all adds up. Then there's this possibility that the tires and or the brake drums have some imbalance as well. The tire will also create regular impulses of vibration at a frequency that will be a factor of the tread pattern and the vehicle's wheel speed. I know. I was told there'd be no math. And lastly, we come to the thing that we've all blamed these vibrations on in the first place, the drive shaft. Now, I haven't seen one single rear-wheel drive vehicle, Jeep or otherwise, that didn't have some sort of a counterbalance weight welded somewhere on the driveline. They all, almost always will have some minor imbalance to them. Now, and add in the vibrations that will be there as a result of the drive shaft running through anything but a very minor joint angle, and this will all be compounded, of course, with any amount of lift. 
There are also random patterns of vibrations that will develop from looseness anywhere in the powertrain. Trying to dampen the vibrations that will develop from loose, uh, the, trying to dampen the vibrations may help mask the symptom, but does not fix the issue. I compare this to the doctor who can't keep, uh, can't figure out what bug you have, but will cure your runny nose. Turning the stereo up or thicker carpet may make you happy too, but you will still have the source of the problem. So, what's the solution? I always start any troubleshooting with a good visual inspection. In this case, I'd start with uh, taking a close look at every single U-joint on the vehicle. You'd be looking for signs of wear, breakage, or any shiny metal. This is typically a sign of something uh, that's having been worn out. Next, ensure the tires have even tread wear, are all properly inflated and balanced. The steering should also be closely examined, as I have heard people complain about vibrations, thinking it was the driveline, and it ended up being a precursor to death wobble. Take a close look at the motor and transmission mounts for excessive wear as well. You'll be looking for chapping or cracking, missing material in the mount. Ultimately, almost all the time, driveline vibrations can be cured by eliminating as much angle in the drivetrain as possible. This will include things like transfer case drops, pinion angle adjustment via shims or control arm adjustment. If you have a lift and are not running a slip yoke eliminator, then it's likely time to start giving serious consideration to one. There's a lot of manufacturers out there making SYE kits, and, and replacement drivelines can be sourced through a junkyard relatively cheap. Just make sure you have a reputable shop rebalance it for you after any modifications you have made or just for peace of mind. A little education, a little amount of attention to detail, and the willingness to spend some time ensuring that everything is as it should be will definitely help you eliminate any kinds of rattles or vibrations that you may have. For more information like this, guys, uh, you can head over to xjtalk.com or wranglertalk.com. There's all sorts of posts just like this one uh, that highlight troubleshooting scenarios for different kinds of problems. And of course, if you guys have a question that you'd like for us to address here on, uh, on Jeep Talk Show, by all means, please send us an email outlining that question with as much details as you can possibly put in there uh, to info at jeeptalkshow.com. You can also get vibration from uh, tire wear. I don't know if you uh, mentioned that in there or not. I know I had uh, mm-hmm. quite a bit of vibration with uh, my mud terrains as uh, I had some cupping issues that uh, uh, with it, and you can get quite a bit of vibration there. Also, too, uh, my friend of uh, my friend and friend of the show, uh, Matt Smorenberg, uh, had a problem with his Tom Woods drive shaft. It's a, a very nice drive shaft, but it wasn't balanced, are. and oh uh, he he got it balanced, and it was. Uh, Matt's all about smooth. He, uh, I, th- I think his dad beat it into him uh, about getting all the vibrations with out. With a drive line, oddly yeah, enough. Well, with a drive shaft. And uh, well, he uh, he gave me a hard time uh, when he drove mine uh, that it just uh, vibrated too much and gave me all kinds of ideas. And uh, I've taken uh, care of quite a few of those. I just need to find me a good drive shaft uh, place. And uh, looking around, I, uh, I see that you can take them to uh, – uh, truck drive shaft. Uh, and when I say truck, I mean yes. the big 18 wheeler, uh, type people, they just kind of giggle as they're working on your little bitty drive shaft, but they'll, uh, they'll still do it and do a hell there, of a job I hear. Yeah. There is a chain of, of stores, which I highly recommend, uh, for any off-roader who's looking for driveline work at six States. Now, typically this is where, uh, truckers would go to buy their lights and brakes and, and things like that. Uh, not typically a place you'd go for off-road stuff, but they have a decent selection of some nifty uh, LED lights. Uh, great place to uh, get your D-ring shackles uh, mm-hmm. and have any driveline work done. They're not in every state. They're not in every town. 
uh, but they are nationwide. So if you have a six states, uh, by all means, pop in there and uh, and do some work with them. They are good people and they really know their stuff. Well, we know that the truck drivers go to all the states, so chances are very good. There's uh, at least somebody close by that uh, within driving distance, relatively drive uh, close driving distance, that you can have some drive shaft work done. So uh, anyway, let's get over to Jeep Mama and her product review. It looks like she's been uh, mounting something else besides uh, motor yeah. mounts. Zippers and mounting, huh? Um, I, so wait, the wait product review is going to be on my Rugged Ridge um, CB mount. Um, it runs about $20, and you can get it over on Amazon. So before you go to Amazon, first go to jeeptalkshow.com, and then go click on their Amazon link if you buy anything on Amazon. Anyway, so Christmas of 2014, one of my many Jeep gifts was my CB radio. It was a Cobra 25 LTD Classic CB radio. Um, I installed it shortly afterwards, kind of. Um, I just didn't know where to put it. There's not a whole lot of wiggle room in the Jeep Wrangler. So I just kind of, when I go off-roading, I bring it out. I plug it into the cigarette lighter because I just wasn't sure where I wanted it yet. And it just sits on the seat. And that's not a real good place to have your CB radio when you're off-roading because it's dangerous. It could, you know, if you roll, it could hit you in the head and, you know, then you're dead. And you can't use your Jeep anymore. So anyway, I needed, needed to mount it. And as I'm perusing on all the different forums, the Jeep forums and everything, I noticed another Jeeper had mounted um, their CB radio up above the rear view mirror. And so I asked him, hey, where did you get your mount? And he said it was the Rugged Ridge, Ridge, Rugged Ridge CB mount. So I went ahead and purchased it. And it is such an easy install. And it's for me, it's the perfect place to put my CB radio. Basically, you just detach the plastic windshield cover on the front. You take, um, loosen the Torx screws from the footman loop. You actually pull the whole footman loop out. You put this mount on there. You put the footman loop back up, this factory Torx screws, and there you go. You have it. It's mounted easy peasy. Now, and it also has a hooked end so you can secure your CB handset cord. Um, it's a great convenient location for your CB radio. It has a limited five-year warranty. Um, the thing for me was the bracket that came with my CB radio. Um, I guess this really wasn't a problem because I got to use my new um, power tool and I drilled my first two holes I've ever drilled in my whole life. Now, that's very shocking for some people, but it was exciting for me that I got to use this tool because the the bracket that I had didn't have two holes in the center, which you needed the two holes in the center to attach to the rugged ridge mount. Anyway, I drilled my holes. It's up. Now I just need to let the weather warm up so I can get in there and because it's too cold for me to, to work in my Jeep and, and wire it properly. So I still have the cigarette lighter plug, which is it even called a cigarette lighter anymore? Yeah. I think that's <laughs> a little, little 80s uh, yeah. there. Oh, maybe it's an um, aux uh, power port or yeah, something. Yeah, that's what it is. I call it the cigarette lighter plug, but I don't even think my Jeep doesn't even have an ashtray, so I don't think it would have a cigarette lighter. But anyway, I love mine. Um, it was simple and easy to install, and now I have a place to put my CB where I'm not going to conk myself in the head if I roll my Jeep, knock on wood. So uh, I guess there's enough room uh, in the in the Wrangler where you the, the radio wouldn't come in contact with your head if you were... Uh, to take a, uh, a, a, you know, do a, not a twisty. What do you call it whenever you go back and forth uh, in a, in a hole? No, no, no. Because I know in the Cherokee, I've hit my head oh, on I my switch it, panel I guess before. It 
I guess it depends on, you know, how tall you are, but I no, I wouldn't think so because it's right right there above the rear view mirror. Mm -hmm. So when I guess you, it depends on how long your CB radio is too. Right. And, well, you got to be mindful of when you're placing it too. So uh, if you're putting something up like that, you guys might want to move your head over there, even though uh, you think your head would never go that far. You'd be surprised whenever you're off road yeah. how much you move around inside the vehicle and very True. quickly. Uh, but uh, so this thing mounted uh, just to the windshield, basically. It doesn't go all the way back to the roll bar. Uh, I would guess it probably does. It probably integrates into the roll bar and then onto it's the, on, the footman It's on, there's hook. three footman loops. You know, the two that you hook your soft top to, and then there's one in the center. And I'm trying to think, I can't place. But but it's all up to the front uh, of the, uh, where the windshield is or the roll bar up front. It doesn't go. Right. I, know, I know there's some of these things that go from the roll bar at the windshield all the way to the middle roll bar. Oh, no, 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 no. So it's kind of like a shelf. The, the way this thing uh, is mounted, it's kind of like a shelf and the, the, the CB yeah. is, is mounted underneath the shelf. Yeah. I'll have to look yeah. at it online. It's very interesting. Uh, yeah. I, uh, uh, that, uh, cause I thought it was actually one, like one of those, uh, those things that goes all the way across, but whenever you were describing, it, I could see, well, that just, no, that just it's bolted probably to the thing. like five or six inches long. So I, I'm sorry. How much was this thing? Uh, oh, it was $20. Okay. That's not bad. I mean, to get it mounted permanently, I guess that's not too bad. Yeah. Yeah. So the, the footman loop is on the, it looks like, yeah, it's on the roll bar. Okay. And see, I don't know what a footman loop is, and I've been con concerned well, about, you know, when you take about, your about saying that because I was afraid I was being baited for a Henway joke. Uh, <laughs> when you take the your wife's Wrangler soft top down, you uh -huh. know where it hooks into that little little hook. That's the footman loop. Oh, that little thing that the yeah, yeah top of the, the little, top of the windshield set dead yep, center. There's three of them. Man, I well, was, I was I'm glad I got out of that one. <laughs> No, I wasn't playing a joke on you. Uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna be mindful of that, and I'll wait yes. a long time before I ask the question. All right, well, let's get over to our uh, our fun in the woods <laughs> campfire uh, side. Wait, this show's segment. going. I don't know if I want to participate. <laughs> <I know>. <laughs> <laughs> hey, it's cold enough for a fire now, isn't it? Yeah, it is. Here it is. Can we still shoot off fireworks? It's legal, isn't it? If you still got some, man, not anymore in the, my neighboring state. I I, uh, I got a reminder today from uh, the buddy who I usually do for my Fourth of July celebration with that uh, uh, the city of Vancouver, Washington, has now uh, made illegal any aerial fireworks, uh, and to me is just a slap in the face. Well, to that's freedom, that's Canadians, right? No, Vancouver, Washington. Oh, okay. I was going to say, you're, what do you expect? I mean, gosh, yeah. <laughs> free thought is banned over there. You can't even have, uh, for sure, you can't have fireworks. I'm saying that for Clyde. Clyde's in, I was, uh, Clyde's in. I was, <laughs> was going to say California, but it's almost the same thing, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> so what's this about some carnage I hear uh, on, uh, on one of your Jeeps, Tony? Carnage. Uh, sounds like carny, like uh, as in meat. Uh Speaking of carnies, really quick story, completely unrelated to everything, but I have to share this because you said carny. I, I had a friend uh, back in the day who I, I don't I don't associate with anymore for uh -oh. private reasons, but uh, but back in the day, he and I were, were thick as thieves. Yeah, we were we were very close, and uh, uh, I had to uh, I had to take him to task one time because he brought home a train uh, not a tranny a, a carny. Uh, this 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 uh, this this car, just about. 
This carny had a glass eye, had uh, been involved in an accident where she had been stabbed 32 times. Oh all, my gosh. all in the eye? No, no. <laughs> I think the, the eye was just one of the, uh, just, just one uh, of the many things that, that she had lost. Uh, I was like, what the hell are you doing? Dude? And, and hence the nickname Porcupine. <laughs> so yeah, no, there's an there's a interesting carny story for you. <laughs> I, I could go into much more detail, but not on the show. Oh, gee. Well, we're looking forward to that one. Maybe that'll be a bonus segment <laughs> that Boy. we can have. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know what happens around the campfire. You know, I always wondered why, uh, when people talk about having carnal knowledge of somebody, why they just don't call it carnival knowledge. Because, you know, carnival, it's fun. You you do things. You, yeah. you pay for stuff. Pay to have rides. Anyway. Uh, so uh, I thought I had mentioned this on the uh, the broken. Uh, oh, maybe drum it did. Cable. And it was just uh, carried over from uh, from a prior show note. Uh, but, well, no uh, problem. Yeah, you had you had a, you know, you had a, a, a drum brake cable adjustment. It uh, was really strange. It was just it wasn't like it pulled out of the. Uh, what I'm talking about is uh, in your uh, drum brakes. There's a, a little cable that uh, allows the uh, the brake adjuster to automatically adjust. And this little cable has a spring on it, and it holds tension on some doodad and and then when you back up and hit your brakes it'll uh, actually allow you to uh, allows the the drum brakes to automatically adjust so this this cable was just broken i was uh, doing a uh, uh, a drum brake uh, replacement actually replacing the um i'm on a brain fart what's the thing that expands when you uh, put the brake fluid in it not the caliper it's different the uh, the wheel bear the wheel cylinder the brake cylinder brake cylinder so the brake cylinder actually uh, went uh, bye-bye. The seals went bye-bye on the, 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 the driver's side. So I was just replacing it on the passenger side to be, to be safe. And uh, that cable was broken. It wasn't like it pulled out. It just literally just broke. And, it, you know, it doesn't seem like there should be that much tension on it. Anyway, I bought another one. Uh, I've got it here. And I was, uh, I'd forgotten about it with all the holidays and stuff. And I need to go in there and, uh, and replace that. It should be a fairly easy thing to do, uh, but seemingly hardly anything is ever easy with uh, with drum brakes. So uh, the the bonus thing is I can that I can say is it's great having a smartphone to take lots of pictures when you before you take all that stuff apart uh, because it's a lot more complex than uh, than than uh, just the plain old disc pads that you're replacing. So that's really all I have. Everything else is uh, is going very well. Uh, since we have a new year starting, I I am making at least mental plans of uh, getting my uh, Jeep over to a buddy's shop and uh, get him to install uh, at least one of the two ARB lockers. So I'm hoping to have that done here in the next couple of months. And uh, I still uh, am uh, hopeful about making, I have not done the drive shaft yet and I have not put the extended brake line on in the rear. Uh, but That's uh, an easy I'm, one. Uh, yeah, well, you know, you got to get somebody out there to, to press on the brakes and stuff. And you have to actually go out in the garage to do that. And even there's the, <laughs> the whole walking over the threshold thing. Yeah. It gets, it gets well, a lot of, and you know, you're off all these days for during the, uh, the Christmas and the, the new years. And you think, well, I'll, I'll get to do this, but people come over and there's food to eat and there's all this stuff. And you can't just be working out in the garage while people are opening Christmas presents, you know? So, uh, I just, I just didn't get around to it, but, uh, damn it. I gotta get this stuff. These two things I have to get done. So I can uh, take her off road. I haven't been off road in this Jeep in a long time, yeah, and uh, and and it, <laughs> if when the the temperatures start getting in the uh, the mid to upper 80s, it's going to be uh, a little hot on the engine uh, driving out very far. So I've got to do it while it's cool. 
So anyway, that's my plans uh, for for what I've got going on. And uh, Josh, I think you actually have done some work on your Jeep, haven't you? Yeah, I did. Before I get into that, I got to I got to share one more thing with you guys. Uh, this is is not necessarily Jeep related. You're talking about a bunch of off road stuff. Well, there's uh, an experience I had recently on road, and it wasn't with a Jeep. It was with a drift trike. Now, do either of you know what drifting is? Uh, isn't that where you put a skirt on and you run around uh, with it hiked up? That's dragging. <laughs> oh, <laughs> so close. No, uh, my uh, dr- drifting. I to... think uh, you know, uh, uh, Fast and Furious, Tokyo Drift. Yeah. It's uh, you know, drifting a, it, going sideways. Uh, you know, drifting a car around a corner. That that whole thing. Well, my sixteen-year-old uh, thinks to, he can to, do that all the time. Oh, gee. Yeah, I had a chance to uh, to ride one of these things. I'm holding up a picture via my smartphone for our live uh, audience. This is a drift trike uh, that I had a chance to ride recently. And uh, the rear tires are, are covered with a uh, uh, basically drain pipe uh, is what those things are covered. So basically there's no rear traction. Uh, there's no traction in the rear. Oh, you mean like uh, PVC pipe? Yeah, basically. Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, this thing was an absolute blast. Uh, so I, I had to share that with you guys. A lot of fun. Um, if you guys have one or any fabricators out there, definitely worth building one uh just slap one of those cheesy harbor freight predator motors on the back of the thing you'll have a blast all day long where's the uh, uh, where's the video yeah on my friend's camera actually <laughs> so <laughs> not as entertaining as you'd think uh to watch as a spectator uh but uh to ride a, to drive one of these things is, is oh i think we'd be entertained that's watching yeah, you, you do it <laughs> So uh, one other thing that I had a chance to uh, to mess around with uh, over the holiday break uh, was one of my new Christmas presents, which uh, was a Craftsman C3 lithium-ion uh, drill driver and uh, impact driver combo kit. And I had a chance to uh, put the drill or the uh, the impact driver through its paces recently. And uh, I have to say, this is by far one of my most favorite new tools yet. Uh, this uh, this thing has made a lot of uh, a lot of work that I've done on the Jeep over the last few days um, a lot easier. Uh, I got to say, I don't know why I haven't had one of these things sooner. I absolutely love my little impact driver. Uh, and if you don't have one, do yourself a favor. Get one added to your tool list. Uh, you will definitely not regret it. Tammy so had with, one. Yeah, Tammy's got Tammy's got a new one as well. That no, she, she uh, traded it no, in. No, I traded Oh, you traded, traded it, it in. Yeah. Traded it, it in for that drill she was talking about. It was too powerful. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I would have poked my eye out. Well, uh, I, I did manage to get some work done on the Jeep. Uh, the only thing I have left to do now is put the starter in, the, uh, the uh, bell housing inspection cover, uh, spark plug wires, uh, some cables and hoses. I'm basically done at that point, um, at least with the, with the major mechanical stuff that, I, um, that, I have, that I've been doing. So uh, the intake manifold is back on. The uh, header is back on. Uh, the throttle, uh, throttle, uh, throttle body assembly is all back together. And, uh, and good Lord, it looks great in there. Mm-hmm. So I'll be posting up some pictures of uh, my latest, latest progress here real soon on xjtalk.com and the other uh, Jeep sites around the web. Uh, so you guys can look forward to uh, checking out some of that stuff as well as my write-up on this whole process uh, that I've been going through. So I hope you're going to uh, give us a, for, a first start video. There will be a first start video. Yes, uh, definitely going to be a first start video. So uh, that's probably still at least a couple weeks away. I've got um, some stuff coming up on the horizon as well. I want to tell you guys about an interview that we're going to be having here real soon. Uh, I recently have been in touch with the guys from Oregon Trail Off-Road, and uh, they have a huge event planned uh, here coming up this year at some point in time. It's a four-week off-road adventure. They're going to backtrack 
the Oregon Trail. That's right, the uh, the same famous trail that Lewis and Clark uh, ventured on to make it and, and uh, make it over here to Oregon. And they are going to backtrack it all the way from Oregon City, uh, where Lewis and Clark landed, uh, all the way back to wherever it started. I wasn't paying attention <laughs> to history class. And that geography is not my strong suit. So, um, but I'll be getting all the juicy details uh, from the guys at Oregon Trail Off-Road here coming up in a couple of weeks. I'll be having them in studio to do an interview, and they're going to talk all about this epic four-week uh, off-road journey that they're about to emb- embark on. And the great thing is they reached out to us because they wanted to get the uh, the word out about this epic trip they're going to they're be doing. They're basically going to be overlanding uh, for a f- 40 days, I think, is what... Oh, the, 40 what, days? I, I, I knew I got the four somewhere. So, yeah, yeah four weeks, 40 days, uh, something along. Right. So, uh, about 40 days of overlanding. So, uh, hopefully, we'll be able to talk them into uh, some uh, overlanding information, which at least one of our listeners has been asking for. And we've been diligently searching for some over, uh, overlanding information. So... Uh, we think that's great, and we want to encourage you guys to, uh, for anything that you're doing, reach out to us. We would, uh, we don't know uh, about what you're doing unless you tell us. Uh, right. <laughs> you know, you gotta, don't be shy. You can call into our voicemail. We we actually were contacted on our uh, Facebook page, but uh, just by a message uh, sent by the these uh, these folks that are going on this uh, this ride. So uh, Jeep Talk Show on Facebook. We're uh, on Twitter, also Jeep Talk Show. Uh, we've got the voicemail. We've got the uh, uh, speak pipe feature right there on our website. Reach out to us and let us know what you've got going on, and uh, we might be able to bring it to our listeners. Sammy, what's happening in your Jeep world? Well, um, as the temperatures dropped, I started hearing um, this high-pitched noise coming from my Jeep. That was you whining. I know. <laughs> it's like, it's cold. Yeah. Um, anyway, I, I think I know what it is. Um, I think it's the blower. Um, cause when I have, so when, I, soon. when I, when I turned the, the heat on, it was like, I kept hearing this. I'm like, what in the world? And all of a sudden it went away. And so then I did, you know, process of elimination. Mm-hmm. And, um, when I would turn the heat off, I didn't hear it. And I turned the heat back on, I would hear it. So today I just left it on to see how long it would last. And I'm like, Oh, it lasts about two minutes. And we're in the Jeep waiting for my son's school bus to come. And Ben's like, no mom, I still hear it. He could hear it, yeah. but I yeah. couldn't. Yeah. Which- Sammy, uh, unfortunately, the, the JKs, JKUs are, are notorious for the blower motor going out. It is a relatively easy fix. They're not expensive, but the labor charge, if you're going to take it into a shop, is going to be in excess of $200. Uh, so there are several write-ups online. Uh, as soon as you said high-pitched noise, I knew I knew exactly what you were talking about. Well, uh, I'm hoping so- um, it's still under warranty because mine's only... I don't know what your warranty is going yeah. to cover. Uh, that wouldn't be considered powertrain. That's definitely going to be electrical. And electrical warranties can be kind of tricky. Um, okay. So, you know, arm yourself with some good amount of reading on your warranty. I know that's daunting and nobody wants to go right. through all of that fine print. Um, but take a look at, at what your warranty covers as far as the interior and electrical section goes. Uh, this might even be covered under body. I don't know, however... Uh, so yeah, but it, that's, yeah, I'm 90% but sure if, that's what But if you do have a JK without a warranty, then, uh, this, uh, you can look up the information online and as Josh was saying, it's, uh, it's relatively easy to replace. That's good news because I know in a, an XJ, it's not relatively easy to replace without removing the dash first. 
Nope. All you're going to need is a, a Phillips screwdriver, I believe. Uh, it's oh, really? three screw Three screws that hold the motor in. You can you can see it underneath the dash. Yeah, you pull back um, uh, some of the carpet. You might even not even have to do that. Um, but uh, right underneath the uh, the, uh, the glove compartment area, uh, you'll see where the motor. I mean, you you know where that sound is coming from. It's one plug, right. three screws. The motor comes out. Um, oh, that's great. Do some shopping online. Rock Auto might be a good source to to get that if you're not under warranty. Um, just, you know, let your fingers do your, do your shopping and, uh, see if you can't find a, uh, you know, I, I would probably go with something like, uh, a Mopar replacement. I, would. I can't say the, the longevity of something that is not a Mopar fan. Mm-hmm. Uh, you may right. have to replace it in, in a couple of years, but yeah, like I said, relatively, it, it is a real easy swap to do that. You can definitely do that yourself. Hopefully you'll be able to find a replacement that isn't, uh, doesn't go out. Uh, you only had this thing for a little over a year, right? Yeah, I bought it um, Halloween of 2014. Oh, wow. It's a 2015 Rubicon. Yeah, Yeah, that's just, uh, I wouldn't expect a blower motor to go out that quick. That's horrible. So I have, um, when I got the Jeep, I got the the free um, oil change package. Well, not Uh, really free, but anyway, so I have some oil changes. So next time I take it up, which is going to be in like a week or two. Um, I'll have them look at it maybe, but first I want to read the the warranty stuff. Well, yeah, that'd be I don't good know, to arm yourself. I don't with know. That. I don't know exactly what the cause of it is. Whether it's uh, poor fabrication in in you know tolerances and and the axis uh, just kind of starts to wobble out and the fan actually starts to vibrate itself, or if it's a uh, if it's a brush issue and the brushes that make contact on the motor uh, motor windings uh, you know aren't up to par. Uh, or maybe the the tolerances on those, you know, they start to vibrate inside their cavities a little bit. I I don't know exactly what the details are. All I know is the JKs are notorious for the heater fans going out. So yeah, that's uh, what I heard. But at least uh, in, in your case, it's a relatively easy fix. So you have a uh, a license plate uh, frame you're looking at, right? Yeah, I actually I bought it already. Oh, did you? Yeah. Was I, it purple? It's purple, but it doesn't. <laughs> Shocking. <laughs> I was going to put it on the rear. But, um, the oh, you only rear, bought one, huh? You only bought one. Well, uh, the rear one right now is my Minnesota Vikings one. And uh, I'm not, yeah, you need to replace that. By the way, yeah. um, I meant to ask you, Josh, are you a football fan? Uh, yes. You like uh, the Seahawks? Yeah, um, so I, my Seahawk fanage uh, goes back to the '80s, Steve Largent days, uh, oh. uh, and I was I was living up in Seattle at the time. So my my football fandom roots are in Seattle, uh, also just because I am a Northwest native. Uh, I'm not going to be talking long, to you for at the all. longest time. For the <laughs> longest time, I was also a Green Bay Packers fan, more so because oh, I, was, boo. I was a. I know, I know. This is why I, this is why I said because I knew this is going to piss you off. Oh, but no, I was a, I was a huge Mike, Brett Favre. <laughs> I was a huge Brett Favre fan for for uh, a large part of the early and uh, mid '90s, and. Uh, uh, that kind of faded over time, but uh, yeah, so I bounce around back and forth a little bit. I'm kind of uh, following Marcus Mariota a little bit because he came from Oregon, uh, so watching the Tennessee Titans right now as well. Uh, so, you know, I just kind of uh, just kind of bounce around a little bit. So am I a diehard fan? Do I have my uh, my roots locked into one team? No, not necessarily. Uh, and no, I don't catch every single game. And no, I don't have NFL Network or anything like that. Uh, but uh, but I know I'm not inept to the world of football. Yeah, well, our, our teams are. Uh-huh. <laughs> but anyway, so if we digress. My my rear license plate frame is a Minnesota Vikings because it's purple. 
Um, so that's why I only bought one. And I was going to put the purple one in the back to give more purple in the back. But the way the the bolts are in the back don't fit. And so that's interesting. I, yeah. I wouldn't have expected that. Yeah. Yeah. There's, I think there's like one on top and one on the bottom. And yeah, they're diagonal from each other. Did you try flipping it over? Because I think they're closer on the bottom than they are the top. The holes are not symmetrical on license plates. They right. they are offset top and yeah, bottom. Yeah, it's anyway. You so try it I both, might try take it both it, ways. Yeah, I might take it to my paint guy to have the paint match my grill inserts. Ooh. I know she does this yeah. stuff right. <laughs> that's so, it, that's it's, pretty cool. It's great yeah. to make fun of her, but uh, it's it's uh, it's kind of cool that uh, she goes and you know gets it painted exactly. She's, she's got yeah, a here, paint guy. I'm going people. to she's spending got a hundreds of dollars on seriously. I don't I don't even have a paint guy. No. Few people do. It's like they're more expensive than lawyers. So, yeah. <laughs> oh, really though? Well, consider yourself lucky, Tammy. That's a that's a good friend to have. Well, I don't know how good a friend he is. I think she pays out the nose oh. for it. <laughs> well, he actually he he um he cut me a deal on the shackles. He's like by now. I just he's he's got a can sitting up on a shelf. Right. Says, he's like, Mama he's starting it. to feel it's, bad. It's her purple. <laughs> <laughs> Paints yeah, a D Jeep, ring Jeep. and charges a hundred bucks. He's yeah, starting right. to feel bad. I, All right, here you go. <laughs> <laughs> well, good good stuff. All right. Well, uh, I don't think we have a lot to talk about, but let's uh, let's talk about wheeling where. Yeah, this is uh, normally the part of the show where we would talk about what events are coming up in your neck of the woods and around the nation. And although we're kind of in the dead of winter right now and there's not a whole lot going on, there is something that's on the radar of all off-road racing fans. And that is dun, 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 the King of the Hammers returning. Ultra 4 Racing presents King of the Hammers. It is coming back. That's right, off-road junkies. It is that time of year again. And this year you can be a part of making it all come together. Hammertown isn't a permanent installation, for those of you who don't know. It takes a ton of manpower, and a lot of volunteers are always needed. If you guys want to see some of the best world-class off-road racing that you have ever seen before in your life and be a part of the experience as well, volunteer to help set up Hammertown and be a part of the action. It's all going down January 29th through February 7th. Johnson Valley, California opens up January 29th, 9 a.m. for Hammertown opening day. From trackside safety to lodging to campground information and more, it can all be found at ultra4racing.com. You guys got an event uh, that's happening regardless of the size or nature of it. If it's off-road related, you got to let us know. Send us an email or drop us a line. You want to hear about your event, club run, show and shine, cruise in, it doesn't matter. Info at jeeptalkshow.com is where you want to send us that information. Don't forget Jeep Junkies, wherever you are wheeling. If you pack it in, pack it out. Let's leave our outdoor recreation spots in as good, if not better condition than they were when we arrived. Remember to always tread lightly. Stay on designated trails and don't wheel where you're not supposed to. And uh, don't forget, if you're going to let us know about an event or something coming up, uh, the uh, people don't always download the podcast when they're released. It could be two, three weeks down the road. So as soon as you can let us know about your event, uh, please let us know so we can get the maximum number of people uh, informed about your event. That's right, guys. We, we record the show and broadcast it live for our viewing viewing audience at youtube.com slash Jeep Talk Show. Every Thursday, 10 p.m. Central, you can also simulcast the show. Find us live on the jeeptalkshow.com website, jeeptalkshow.com, and you guys can join in on the fun with our live chat room during the show as well. The show doesn't get released in the podcast form until Monday, guys, so if you do have something that you want us to to advertise, promote, or otherwise talk about on the show, make sure you get in those requests nice and early. We guys know you are making purchases all the time. We see it in our Amazon You Bought What? 
Next time you guys order your Jeep parts, make sure you ask the business if they know about the Jeep Talk Show. And if they don't already know about it, make sure you let them know about the one and only Jeep Talk Show. Yep, that's uh, jeeptalkshow.com slash Amazon. And it will take you straight over there. Any purchase that you make, the show will get credit for it. Great way to help support your guys' favorite off-road podcast. Helps keep the lights on at the Jeep Talk Show Central Headquarters. Hey guys, let's remind everybody what other things, what other irons we have going on in the fire. Me specifically, I have nothing but this show. I'm kind of sad. <laughs> Tammy, what do you have online that people can get a hold of you through? Um, you can go to www. I guess I don't need to say www anymore, but it's no. jeepmama.com. <laughs> M-O-M-M-A.com. That's my blog. You guys can find me at thevoiceofjosh.com or voiceofjosh.com. Either one will take you right to the same place. You guys can find all of my voiceover stuff over there, and you can get in touch with me through that website if you guys have something that you would like for me to promote. So you guys have a great Jeep week. We'll see you next week, episode 211. And please tell a friend about the show. Good night. See you later. Bye-bye. <laughs> see you later. Goodbye. Oh, jeez. <laughs> Warning, the Jeep Talk Show is intended for entertainment purposes only. Use as directed. In relation to actual information, real Jeeps or persons living or dead are purely coincidental. The Jeep Talk Show is not responsible for lost or stolen items, and some assembly is required. For a full list of restrictions and contest rules, see store for details. Batteries not included. The Jeep Talk Show is for external use only. Contents under pressure. Side effects may include vertigo, uncontrollable laughter, or greasy discharge and false kung fu powers. The Jeep Talk Show and its contents are known to cause cancer in the state of California. It is probably not a federal law to use this product in a manner inconsistent with its labeling. The Jeep Talk Show may be a choking hazard. Keep out of reach of small children. All safety precautions must be observed when using the Jeep Talk Show. If you feel you've reached this recording in error, please hang up and try your call again.